1: My Seven Chakras, episode
2: 369. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras? help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose welcome to my seven chakras and now your host aditya chai kumar. kumar
1: what's up action tribe aj here host and founder of my seven chakras mysevenchakras.com the show where we help you experience effortless healing awakening and abundance in today's episode we talk about some really amazing and inspiring topics, including the therapeutic quality of sound throat singing, the vibration of the cosmos, and unity consciousness, and much more. So make sure that you stay till the very end. But before diving in, I'd like to remind you that we have recently launched our premier energy mentorship experience called the Action Tribe Energy Circle. You'll find the links in the show notes. If you want to master your energies, raise your vibrations, and learn from some of the most experienced. Energy mentors out there, then you must absolutely check out this program. The link you need is my7chakras.com forward slash join. My7chakras.com forward slash join. All right. So let's bring on our guest for today, Matthew Cosell. Based in Vancouver, BC, Matthew is a leader in the world sound healing movement, an accomplished throat singer, multi-instrumentalist and recording artist. He is also a committee member of the global Wellness Institute Sound Healing Initiative, affectionately known as the Cosmic Throat Singer, Matthew uses his voice and acoustic instruments to create a sonic environment that seems to bend the very fabric of time and space. Having recently returned from a tour in New York, Europe, and the Western US, Matthew's third album, Sound of the Ancients, is due for release this spring. So, Matthew, welcome to the show, and are you ready to inspire? Yes, I am. Great. (laughs) So uh, let's start from the very beginning. Uh, So where did you grow up and what was your childhood like?
2: (laughs) Well, I was traveling from the time I was in the womb. Uh, I was conceived in New Jersey and born in Alaska. And uh, from there, uh, my family moved to Virginia on the east coast of the U.S. and then to France, then Germany, then back to Virginia and, and then to Colorado. And, uh, which is where I lived until my early 40s when I married my uh, Canadian wife and I moved to the uh, Vancouver area. Um, so my father was a, uh, a U- an officer in the U.S. Air Force and a uh, uh, veteran uh, pilot from World War II. And that's why we moved around so much. Um, on our way to Europe and back, we traveled across the Atlantic by ship. So uh, I feel like, the exposure to the, the size of the earth and, and uh, mm-hmm. the multi, um, multiple uh, different cultures really affected my uh, worldview. Got it. So a lot of travel, especially as
1: a child, and it affected your worldview, which I can understand. Uh, I've not traveled that much, just to a few places, but I can see how when you interact with different people and you understand different perspectives and you see people in different situations, it opens up your mind and it opens up your heart also more importantly uh so thanks a lot for sharing that with us so what made you move to vancouver then love uh in
2: uh, 1999 i went to a uh, retreat in mount shasta california and uh, i met this amazing woman who would uh, eventually be my wife and uh, she had come to this uh, same retreat from uh, vancouver and uh, we had a long distance relationship for about four years before we got married and uh I never thought that I would leave the sunny environment of Colorado to live in the, you know, the Pacific Northwest where we have the water element. Uh, and uh, but I'm very happy to be here. I've fallen in love with this area and with the uh, whole ecosystem and the people here. I'm very happy to be here.
1: Wonderful. So Mount Shasta is one of the chakra centers, right?
2: Or the energy vortices on the earth? Yes. Um I have been to many powerful places, and uh, I count Mount Shasta as one of the most magnificent. Um, I feel like uh, going there. Um, we had a bit of, obviously had a big impact on my life as I met my my wife and life partner. Uh, but uh, it is one of these places that feels like a spiritual vortex where the spiritual energy is high and spiritual awareness uh, in the uh, people that are drawn there. And uh, a lot of people, I have friends that have uh, experienced uh, mystical events on on the mountain. Um, I didn't have anything really uh, extraordinary, you know, or or, um, uh, uh, what would you say, Uh, cosmic (laughs) that happened there that was, uh, you know, that would jump out at you. But uh, I could feel a lot of energy there and uh, it's a beautiful experience. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. And that's true. I mean, a lot of places... You might
1: not have a paranormal experience or a cosmic experience, but you can definitely feel the energy over there. Now, I've not been to Mount Shasta myself, but I have been to Vancouver Island, and I feel a lot of vibrations and frequencies on the island. And I feel that if I move there, it's going to be conducive to my further awakening. It's just a wonderful place to be in. So speaking about mystical experiences, did you ever
2: have a mystical or spiritual experience as a child? Actually, I did. Um, I grew up in a family that was, uh, I guess, you know, on spiritually pretty middle of the road in, in the USA. We would go to church every uh, Sunday and, and I grew up believing in a higher power, you know, what uh, some people call God. Um, and it's very interesting because uh, when I was about 12 years old, my church youth group went to see a movie uh, that was uh, Aimed towards youth to get them, you know, encourage them to become Christians. And uh, I was just having a good time being with my friends. And afterward, uh, after the movie ended, they put out the call. You know, anyone who wants to dedicate your life to God, come down here. We'll pray with you. And I had no plans of participating in this. But in that moment, I now recognize that my crown chakra opened. So I felt a distinct. <laughs> incredible energy zapped me from the top of my head that uh, went through my whole body and uh i it almost lifted me out of my chair and i kind of zombie walked down the aisle and did the ritual um you know i already at that point was considering myself what, you know what we call a christian but uh, this was uh, something that i'd never experienced before um i had no frame of reference for this i didn't it would be decades before i would learn what a chakra is and uh, I actually, at that point, was kind of was quite uh, disenfranchised from my family and all most of the authority figures in my life. I wasn't happy in my family, and uh, so I didn't have any adults that I could trust enough to talk about this experience with. And um, and certainly, there was no one in my uh, reign, in my circle that would understand what I w- what I had gone through. Um, <clears throat> and also, as deep as uh, an experience as this was. I wasn't able to maintain that vibration, and um, I had a questioning mind. I was questioning a lot of the uh, uh, dogma that was being presented through this uh, particular uh, church path, and um, questioning perhaps the um, accuracy of the translations of the scripture that you know they're telling me is the perfect word of God, and uh, you know, and also uh, questioning the threat of punishment. In the afterlife if I didn't you know do everything perfectly or questioning the threat of being left behind in the event of a, a rapture you know where all the true believers are taken away and everyone else is left to suffer under the Antichrist you know these things didn't really resonate with me and uh, so as a young teen I, I, I threw it all away and I rejected that path um, and I had nothing to replace it with and so I was quite troubled, and uh, I got in a lot of trouble as a uh, young teenager, and uh, rebelled. And really, the only thing that um, moved me and really spoke to me was some certain music. And so, music I feel gave me a lifeline; it might have saved my life. And there were certain uh, bands that uh, brought me to uh, a higher, higher place. So, just for context, I was growing up. This was during the, the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's like progressive rock bands like, uh, for example, Yes or Moody Blues. Um, Pink Floyd maybe is in that um, circle. These would take me to other places. And I really had a desire to recreate that and share that with other people. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, going to small gatherings and parties. And occasionally there would be someone with an acoustic guitar. Playing songs and you know seeing people sing along and feeling that communal experience and uh, this was inspiring to me as well and I even though I didn't in retrospect I wasn't overly talented at uh, as a musician I, I after trying different instruments um, as a child I gravitated to guitar and, and in high school started picking up acoustic guitar and playing songs and singing and that was a huge step because. I had uh, withdrawn my voice being the youngest child in my family and not feeling heard and, and acknowledged and having my needs, uh, even, uh, understood, uh, I had withdrawn and I wasn't communicating with my parents and and my brothers and, and, uh, the people that I, you know, needed to communicate with. So have finding the courage to sing in front of people, uh, was a huge step in opening my throat chakra. Um, So I I studied music in university for two years, um, and uh, in my second year of university, I chose to live at home uh, with my parents as my father was in the process of dying from cancer. Um, And I had uh, changed my main instrument from guitar to bass guitar uh, for my second year of university, and um, on the side started my first rock band. And, uh, so I was commuting to school with, uh, my bandmate and classmate, and we were both, uh, very much uh, inspired by Jimi Hendrix. And, um, particularly around that time. So I was reading the biography of, uh, Jimi Hendrix. It's a book called voodoo child of the Aquarian age. And while my friend was driving us to school, I was reading the book and I didn't notice that he had put a, a tape in the, uh, stereo. Um, and while I, Turned a page and I saw, I started reading lyrics to a song I had never heard before by Jimmy. And the moment my eyes started reading these lyrics, Jimi Hendrix was singing them on the stereo in perfect timing. It it could not have been timed more perfectly. So I I read a few lines as he was singing, then I realized what was happening and stopped. And of course, I just had this flood of chills um, cascading through my body. And, you know, I felt like this is a sign. (laughs) <laughs> what this line can one ask for, uh, whether it was from Jimi Hendrix or uh, the universe, God, what have you, you know, I, I've made a, a vow at that point that whatever it takes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm gonna make it happen. You know, in my young mind, I thought this was meant I was going to be a rock star. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that uh, vow of whatever it takes is a hard road. Mm, <laughs> wonderful story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot for sharing. Now, one of the first
1: songs that I played on my guitar, I'm not an expert, but I do play the guitar whenever I get a chance. And uh, one of the first songs was uh, Californication by Red Hot Chili Pepper. Uh I just love that song for the harmonics and for the bass, one of the best uh, bass guitarists. But that sort of led me down the road of, you know, listening more to music, um, rock, alternative rock. And I was just discussing this with my friend the other day, but when you're in a band, it's like a different form of harmonics, right? Because you're sort of ensuring that you're tuned in with the bass guitarist and the drummer and everyone's in sync. And that feeling when the music begins and that connection with the audience, it's like a different level of resonance altogether, which I guess only a, a musician can understand. And also you mentioned about Pink Floyd. I remember when I was in... I guess, undergraduate, I did some weed. I don't smoke weed right now. But in those days uh, in India, especially because of the music scene, I was smoking some weed and my friend had this Pink Floyd music. And I remember one of the albums that they played was very experimental. I forgot the name of the album, but I think it was Uma Guma or some long word. But it was so experimental. And like you've rightly pointed, it has the effect of taking you to a different place. And a different time altogether, especially with the addition of marijuana, right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, so thanks a lot for sharing that. And you've told us what were some of the bands that influenced you and the fact that you had these, this synchronicity. So what are your thoughts on synchronicity? Because I speak a lot of to a lot of people who listen to our show and they have certain things, something happened to them, which cannot be coincidental. And it seems to happen again and again so what do you make of this is this the universe trying to tell you something is this is your subconscious mind trying to get
2: you to a certain place that you need to be or is it something else i feel <clears throat> that this is a wholly interactive universe and that is uh the subconscious mind and the superconscious mind our body um our our soul all of it is interacting um, all the time and you know we hear a lot of people talking about you know you create your own reality you you know, you, all of this. Well, everyone's doing that. So hmm. and we live on the same planet, so we're in this we're, we're all co-creating at the same time. And so there is obviously overlap. I remember uh, I heard a someone say um, a joke that they're talking about the new age uh, armed robber who would ask his victims, "What did you do to draw me to you?" <laughs> 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 so I think we can get a little hung up on on you know, we're creating our own reality because other people are also doing that and we have overlap. But that being said, um, yeah, I think it's all uh, interactive, whether the, the universal plan and our soul path, you know, um, I, I've surrendered trying to figure it out completely, but it definitely appears to me that everything that we're uh, in our existence here in this life is interactive with the whole cosmos. Interesting. Interesting. So what happens
1: next after you're, Listening to that song of Jimi Hendrix and you're reading the lyrics, what are some of the next steps you take that get you closer and closer towards your
2: becoming a, a musician? Well, uh, my father died that year, and uh, that was my last year of university. <laughs> I quit school and uh, I moved to the nearest big city to join a rock band. And uh, <clears throat> so I was living in Colorado. So the big city for me was Denver. And so that's where I moved, and I had an invitation to uh, join a band that was going to be working uh, steadily uh, in bars, playing in uh, bars on a circuit. In those days, um, a lot of the uh, bars would have live music. It was quite common, and so there were a lot of bands that would uh, make their living playing uh, cover tunes, other, other bands' music, and uh, you would play usually four sets a night, if not more, um, five to six nights a week, and then travel to the next town. And uh, it was not much money, but just enough to survive. And uh, that, for me, was gratifying at first because I was a professional musician. And I was actually uh, in the company of uh, some experienced musicians who had a lot to teach me um, uh, musically uh, and also ultimately give me lessons on how not to live. Mm. So there's uh, a lot of dysfunction uh, that I uh, found myself surrounded by as well. Wonderful. Got it. So at what point did you discover
1: the therapeutic quality of sound when it comes to sound for healing for awakening and for attracting more abundance, I guess, and manifestation? When did that happen?
2: It was a long process because um, as I uh, um, was playing in in these bands, after a couple of years, the uh, the glamour wore off of you know just playing on a regular basis, playing other people's music. I realized this wasn't going to get me where I wanted to go. Um, so I began uh, forming original music projects. Well, the market was a lot smaller for this, so that meant I needed to uh, find a day job. And uh, so I'd have my evenings free to rehearse and compose and go perform in local taverns and bars Um Hopefully, looking for some kind of break where we could get into a larger stage and somehow maybe find our way to one of the east coast, the East Coast or West Coast, to get signed by a record deal. Because this is way before internet, and in those days, you needed a record deal if you're going to have any type of uh, what they considered success. So, again, this was a really hard road, and I find myself um, uh, working in jobs that I would rather forget about, and um, my my spirit was crying out because I, I never did find a replacement for the religion that I had uh, rejected. And so I had this void and I'm a person who needs a connection to uh, higher power, God, whatever you want to call it. And uh, so I was slowly getting depressed more and more depressed. And in that uh, desperation, that spiritual desperation and the darkest places that I found in my life, um, I got to a point where I just realized, what am I doing? I need to find a path. I actually literally flapped myself across the face <laughs> because I was actually found myself thinking about ending my life because mm-hmm. I was that miserable. And uh, so I slapped myself and I said, stop this, go out there and look, there mm-hmm. is a way, go find a path. So I went to a bookstore and I started searching, searching, searching. The book that jumped out at me, that I ended up taking home was called Inner Power Secrets from Tibet and the Orient. Mm. And in this book, I learned about the chakras and prana, chi, energy, the power of uh, focused breath and intention and meditation, and had some real practices that I could uh, dive into, and I did. About six months later, I went into a metaphysical store for the first time. never seen one of these places before, but my girlfriends took took me there. And the moment we walked in the door, I heard this sound that I'd never heard before. And they were playing <clears throat> a recording of the Gyuto monks from Tibet. Mm. And this is a group of monks who do a deep, overtone chant. And I didn't know what a mantra was yet. And they were had this really loud, playing it really loud on the stereo system. So I, I walk into this wall of sound, and I asked, what is this? And they said, it's Tibetan monks. And, mm. and you know, I've been, I'm so into this book, Inner Power Seekers from Tibet and the Orient, I'm like, this is another one of those moments, like Jimi Hendrix singing out in stereo, the lyrics that I'm reading. Uh, I just knew I had to have this. And so I bought the tape. This was in the late 80s, so it was still cassette tapes. <laughs> and I uh, <laughs> brought the tape home and uh, started listening repeatedly and, and meditating to it and trying to mimic their sound. Um, I couldn't. I thought they were singing really low, but that's not it. Uh, it's a form of throat singing. And uh, so this was percolating in me uh, for a few years. Uh, I still continued my path of uh, putting together musical projects, looking for that dream band to coalesce. And they kept breaking up. You know we would form these bands, put all this work into it, and for one reason or another, personality differences or or uh, goal differences, you know, the bands would break up and it'd start over again. And um, finally, in nineteen ninety four, I had my final band <laughs> it was called critical mass, which is kind of ironic mm. in retrospect, <laughs> but we were quite a progressive uh, musical group. And uh, I, I love the music and I love the guys that I was playing with. I'm still good close friends with all of them. Uh, and, uh, but I knew I needed to make a change and I was, my soul was yearning for a, a more spiritual life and uh, spiritually oriented life and a holistic, more holistic lifestyle. So I've been thinking about uh, getting into healing arts. And uh, I've been reading about things like Reiki and energy healing. I knew I was good with my hands. I'd like to give massage to my, my brothers and people in my family. And uh, anyone who was close to me, uh put my healing hands on them, and they loved it. So I was thinking about becoming a massage therapist, but I had no plan. And my mm. day job at the time, I was a manager of a burlesque club, a mm. high-dollar, fancy... Big, flashy burlesque club in uh, Denver, Colorado. And I'd been there for five years at that point. I realized I needed to get out of there. So on my annual vacation, uh, I took my girlfriend at the time camping in the beautiful mountains of Colorado, which is where I would always go whenever I had the, a, a moment you know, to get away from the city and get away from all the madness. I would go up to the mountains. And on during this time, uh, my girlfriend, we're driving around South Park, Colorado, of all places, mm. um, <laughs> and uh, she saw some boulders on top of a mountain that we're driving by. She said, I want to go climb on those. And I didn't really understand why she why, why those, why this place. There was no trail going up there, but we mm. went straight up this mountain, and uh, we got to the top, and it was almost as if the words poured out of me, because I had never imagined this would happen we got to the top and I said, I wonder if there's any crystals around here. And the mm. moment I said that, I turned and I looked and this crystal mm. was mm. shining in the sunlight and I went and picked it up and my life changed. I felt like I was being watched <laughs> and I picked mm. it up and I said, you know, wow. And and so I held this for the rest of the day <laughs> And by the end of the day, there was so much energy coming off the crystal. I, I had to get it out of my hands. I couldn't hold it. It's, mm. it's just like overwhelming. Right. Well, fast forward a few more days and and we're driving back to the city and I'm holding my crystal, driving back to Denver, just getting depressed, thinking about going back to this environment that I didn't want to be in anymore, and knowing I'd had to change my life. I've mm. saying over and over, I have to get out of there. I, have, I can't do this anymore. And I showed up for work. The next morning, and my boss was waiting outside the door with my final check in his hand, and he was letting me go because he couldn't afford to pay my salary anymore. He was actually slowly losing money, ended up having to sell the club, and this was it. I was set free. Well, my band, Critical Mass, we had an appointment to go into the studio that very week and record a demo. And one of the last uh, analog studios that, that existed in Denver, Colorado, we recorded on tape and uh, so we had a very small budget, but we recorded four songs over the course of five nights. We never got to do a final mix on it, but uh, music, I still love it. i love to listen to it. And uh, I think it was stellar, but the band broke up two months later. Mm. Once again, like all these other bands with all my hopes and dreams built into them, uh, a a difference of opinion and how, what direction we should take. And boom, one of the key guys left and he wasn't really replaceable. We tried, and I realized at that point, I'm done. I'm this is. Mm. So I, I gave up music. I gave up on music. And I quit playing. I put my bass aside. I occasionally would pick up a, my acoustic guitar, but I wasn't. my heart wasn't in it. And I went to massage therapy school, started getting my Reiki training. I got into every form of meditation I could find. Uh, I started um, visiting a local Krishna temple, which was my first exposure to uh, mantra. I learned about mantras and the power of uh, Sanskrit language, the vibrational uh, Mm -hmm. essence of of Sanskrit. And I was feeling it as I began to chant certain mantras. And this led me to uh, begin holding meditation circles in my home. I just, one day I just decided I, I need to start holding meditation circles here in my living room. And so I put out a call to everyone I knew, invited them over for a guided meditation circle, pulled all the furniture out of my living room, put... Cushions down and instant ashram, you know? And <laughs> interestingly, people started to come and they mm-hmm. enjoyed their experience. And they were having almost paranormal experiences uh mm-hmm. right away uh during these guided meditations. Uh and so I was really intrigued with the voice. I'm still listening to the Tibetan monks, my the one tape of the Gyoto monks. And uh eventually during a guided meditation, I started to chant an ohm, along long mm-hmm. om, because I couldn't find uh english words to fully express what i was perceiving and feeling and uh, as i did that people told me afterwards that they could really feel my voice or energy triggered by my voice moving through them and around them Mm. so this really caught my attention and i was also hearing more texture or frequencies in my voice than i had expected when i when i did an om and when i was chanting mantras I had been experimenting with slowing down the pronunciation of the mantras, and um, I was hearing harmonics or additional notes coming out of my voice as I slowed down these words. So this is how I dipped my toe in the water of uh, sound healing, and this is how music eventually came back to me, was through healing and meditation and healing my life and healing Mm -hmm. my heart and and reconnecting with my spiritual path or finding my spiritual path. That's how... um, music became the meditation over time. And music became, uh, you know, something that at first I started incorporating into my one-on-one sessions, doing massage and energy work. Um, and now uh, I still do personal healing sessions, uh, which include touch and and sound. But uh, mostly it's a group thing where uh, I might be a small group in a small location or a full-on concert. But my intention and the purpose of this music that's coming through me now is to help us remember our connection to this interactive universe and our connection to our source, our cosmic source, our connection to Mother Earth and our connection to each other and every aspect of life here in this realm.
1: Now we'll be back after a short word from our sponsor, Curable. Action Tribe, are you experiencing chronic pain of any kind, whether it's back pain, migraines, fibromyalgia, or any persistent pain across your body? I've done numerous interviews on this subject on my podcast, and I've personally met friends and family members who deal with such pain on a daily basis. So I'm always on the lookout for a solution that can really help you because this pain affects your work, your relationships, your family life and pretty much every area of your life, right? And recently I came across a company called Curable that is onto something amazing. Now, they've got an app that has a personal assistant guided by artificial intelligence that will guide you through various science-backed techniques designed to help you overcome fear of movement, fear of symptoms and fear of never becoming pain-free. They've got many actionable strategies, education, meditation, journaling, and brain training that can literally retrain your brain's response to pain and reduce the intensity and the frequency of your pain symptoms. For example... One of their exercises is called word swapping. You see the words that you use on an ongoing basis to describe your pain can influence pain signals in your body and either enhance or decrease the actual experience. So if you slowly change your words through linguistic exercises, it can actually slowly but surely reduce your pain. So let's say to describe your pain currently, you say that you feel a stabbing pain. So instead of that, try saying, I feel less comfortable then I'd like to. So you're admitting that you have the pain, you're not ignoring it. But at the same time, you're using the word comfort, or you're calling it sensation instead of pain. And studies have shown that just a word swap like that, along with other exercises can literally train your brain to reduce the pain. Wow. That actually rhymes. But truly, you don't have to suffer in pain alone. This app is really worth checking out. Curable offers both a free and a paid version of the app. If you use our link to sign up and get started with a free version, you'll get 50% off if you ever decide to upgrade to a subscription. You don't have to pay right now. Just give it a try and see how you like it. Just go to getcurable.com forward slash action tribe to set up your free account that's get c-u-r-a-b-l-e.com forward slash a-c-t-i-o-n-t-r-i-b-e once again get curable.com forward slash action tribe well thanks a lot for sharing that a lot of questions i have right now based on what you've shared firstly uh if you don't mind sharing So there was a phase where you were desperate for a change, right? You wanted to change. You were in a band, but deep down from a soul level, uh, you wanted to change so much that you had suicidal thoughts as well. So what age were you at that point?
2: I was in uh, my later 20s. I think uh, 27 years old, 28 years old, around there. 27, 28. Okay. So you're 27, 28. Okay. I was going to say, in astrology, that would be uh, considered the Saturn return. And this is a cycle where we consider, you know, why am I here? And I was definitely, that was in my face. Why am I here? What is my purpose here? And I didn't really have an answer.
1: Okay. So you had these questions in your mind about why am I here? Uh, What is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? And this wanting to change. And I'm sure, like, I've had this experience as well. I've had numerous people who I speak to have this experience where this question comes to your mind, right? Like suicidal thoughts about, you know, ending life or what is the point of all this? And then, obviously, you, you persisted and you did so many other things and you had this idea of you know, bringing people to your home for a guided meditation. You know, and you took these steps, right? So what kept you going? What kept you going on, even though there was a lot of confusion and overwhelm and spiritual suffering, so to speak, and I'm sure a lot of darkness as well. What keeps you going even in the midst of all this darkness and, and inner turmoil?
2: Well, during the, the darkest times... There were still moments uh, that music delivered me to, a, you know, this ecstasy, a, a feeling of right. ecstasy and a transpersonal experience through music. Sound mm. and music really, you know, kept me alive during that time, gave me something to hope for. And I wanted to mm. stay in that place, you know, that feeling right. of connection that, that came through there. Mm. It was a, there's a sense of purpose in that. And it was, you know, living in a society that didn't acknowledge these things that, right. you know, if I would have spoken of them, or I felt, you know, if I would have spoken of this, that I would have been considered, you know, stupid or or flighty or, or you know, flaky. Um, right.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, especially of late, I've been getting these uh, sensations of extreme sadness and, uh, I guess, angst. And I've been thinking, uh, I've never had these feelings before. And then I'm realizing that maybe because there's an empath within me, I'm sort of sensing the feelings and emotions and thoughts of other people because there is a lot of fear going on, right? A lot of fear and and worry about what's going to happen tomorrow and and uncertainty. And so I did a one-hour breathwork session last night, and that completely changed my state. I mean, whenever I do breathwork, I usually do it for about 25, 30 minutes, but yesterday was a one-hour long session, and I could feel the purplish color in my third eye, and I could actually see the thousand-petal lotus. Not not in its complete, you know, technical or multi-dimensional aspect, but I could see it, an essence of it. And that was beautiful. And that reminded me of the truth, which is oneness. So talk to us about oneness. And you say that in your music and in your performances and in your sessions, you help people experience that oneness. So what is that oneness? And how does sound and music help us experience that?
2: Well, you know, it's um, an ancient practice that humans have been doing since the dawn of time you know since we existed, right. and um, you know for everyone you know if we travel down our dna trail through time you know at some point our ancestors were gathering around a fire singing and mm-hmm. chanting and experiencing this oneness this expanded state of consciousness and uh the medicine people would use sound and music to help us heal our bodies connect with nature on a deeper level and uh, make connection with the spirit realm and uh they understood that everything that is in physical form in this universe is essentially vibration. And uh, it's encoded in creation myths from around the world, where the god, goddess, or deity speaks, chants, or sings the world or the universe into existence. And uh, even in the path that I was raised in in the Bible, it's referenced there. It says, in the beginning was the word. God Mm -hmm. said, let there be light. So this is illustrating that sound from... Pure consciousness or the void, uh, pure you know essence. I am presence moved and created vibration, and the universe took form. Um, and as our culture in the West would look at these things as metaphors or um, something to accept purely on faith, or just dismiss as fairy tales. But um, you know, and we've made advances recently in science and technology. As our scientists were searching for the smallest particles of matter, when they developed the means to see an atom, finally they found that it's mostly nothing. But within this empty void are manifestations of electric and magnetic energy, and these we measure them in frequency. How often these show up in time and space, and so you know, one could say that these energies harmonize to form atoms, molecules, cells, bodies, planets, and everything in between. And as we explore the the universe, we see that all the heavenly bodies are in a constant state of movement or vibration on a larger level. So the planets are spinning on their axes and spinning around stars. The stars spin around black holes in the centers of the galaxies, and the galaxies are moving through space at incredible rates of speed that we can hardly understand as humans. So quite literally, everything is vibration at every level of existence. And uh, this is, to me, means that sound is the threshold point where mind becomes matter, thought becomes form, or scripturally, where the word becomes flesh. And this has uh, shaped my relationship with sound and music now, because there is a potential within any vibration, when used with this in, um, attention, intention to make a deeper connection, that we can ride that sound wave to find um, a part of ourselves. That is already in total communion with the universe. You know, it's mm. beyond the personality, and it is an understanding beyond words, beyond dogma, beyond faith. You know, it goes beyond all of that. It just is. We are a part of us that is already there. And we can understand these things conceptually, that everything is connected, that everything is vibration. And you hear this as a catchphrase now, you know. It's becoming a proper thing to say. It's all connected. It's all vibration. But when we have the feeling experience of this, and when we can feel beyond the boundaries of our skin or perceive beyond the boundaries of time and space, this is a game changer. And when we are having this experience, uh, I have seen there can be uh, shifts that occur in the physical body, in the (laughs) mental body, in the emotional body, in the energetic body, and in our relationship to the spiritual realm. And uh, it's been an amazing blessing to bear witness to this. Um, for many years now Um, so that's how my relationship uh, evolved from just wanting to inspire people with music as i was inspired and maybe find a way to get to that place that i didn't have any words for to um, total connection and finding that oneness sound with, with under with the right application can help us get there wonderful thanks a lot for sharing now
1: I want to make this easier for some of our listeners to sort of understand. Many of our listeners are maybe in transit, or maybe at home, or maybe in different parts of the world, because we have people listening in from over 150 countries, uh, far away from Canada and USA for sure. But what's happening during one of your live sound healing events? I know you you do different types of uh, sound healing events, but as a spectator, or as an audience member, or as a person partaking in the event, listening to your sound what exactly is happening if you can give us an overview into because because i've seen numerous descriptions about what's happening They're they're immersed in an ocean of sound or there's a sound curtain or maybe they're getting tuned in so, so help us understand what's happening
2: well i think the most important aspect is the state of my heart because i feel that's the most uh, important instrument um yeah. regardless of what uh physical instruments i might be playing which i, I used all acoustic i don't do any electronic instruments or any uh looping effects to layer the sounds and um with the voice uh, creating overtones we can talk about that in a moment um but i think the, the state of my heart is what is being uh transmitted through the sound waves and um the music that uh i have discovered or that comes to me now comes from this place of connection and so that is relayed um to the audience or whoever is participating. It might be this one person, you know, or a whole hundreds. Um, And as that opens up in me, it opens up in other and everyone who is present. And so this creates a a group energy field, a collective energy field that allows us all to um, go deeper more rapidly than we can by ourselves. I always feel that, you know, I, I, I could play my music by myself and it feels good feels great, and I can go places with that. But if there's at least one person to receive and reflect, then everything is magnified exponentially. And so with each audience, it feels like a a different energy signature. But um, the audience participation, just by actively listening and being intent to be present, um, takes it all to a new level. Mm. So um, I work with overtones or harmonics. Uh, with my voice. That's the essence of throat singing or overtone singing. And the overtones and harmonics are interchangeable terms. They mean the same thing. I can explain what they are um, this way. If we pluck a, 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 a single string, let's say on a, a guitar, mm-hmm. we hear the note or we register the note, we recognize the note that the string is tuned to because there are a certain number of vibrational waves emanating from the string as it vibrates. Well, that wave pattern doubles on itself and then multiplies on itself into infinity. Mm -hmm. And and those multiplications of the fundamental note are harmonics, are overtones. These are like extra notes added on to it. And when throat singing or overtone singing, I am shaping the sound that comes from my uh, vocal cords... Uh, shaping the sound in my physical instrument, in my mouth, in my jaw, lips, tongues, teeth, sinuses, to amplify specific overtones or harmonics so they're more audible to the human ear. We all have these tones in our voice. We just don't hear them. We haven't learned to, or we've forgotten how to hear them. And so with the overtone singing, throat singing, we amplify specific ones to create melodies on top of uh, what the vocal cords are doing and sometimes multiple tones. I actually had my voice run through a spectrum analyzer uh, last year and uh, they tracked nine notes happening at once. Mm. So that was pretty cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Got it. So I'm imagining that the way that you explained it, which I love, by the way, is that a person standing on the coastline or on the beach, and then there's a huge wave, there's a sound wave coming towards him or her. But on that sound wave, there are multiple... Overtones. That's they're sort of riding that wave, and that sound wave sort of hits them, and they experience ecstasy. All right. So, well said. <laughs> so, so uh, in terms of the frequencies that you're trying to create over here, are you intentional with creating certain type of frequencies? Because I've heard that there are certain healing frequencies, right? The solfeggio notes and things like that.
2: So is there some intention in, in that part? Yeah. yeah, I'm very aware of the research that's going into the, the solfeggio and the 432 hertz and all that. And it all right. makes sense to me on a logical level. <clears throat> that being said, my uh, none of my instruments are tuned um, specifically to these frequencies, uh yeah, okay. you know, one of the main instruments I use is harmonium. So it's not even on, in concert pitch, you know, the, the controversial four forty uh right. four forty tuning. It's not even there, but it's not four thirty-two. And um I've come to the conclusion, at least in, in my case, it's the relationship between the tones that is even most more important. And then again, beneath that is the state of my heart, and that's what's really being broadcast uh on the sound waves. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, you, you see like crystal bowl sets, crystal singing bowl set, set, uh, sold for one for every chakra. Well, I find this to be this particular phenomenon to be quite arbitrary because, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're assuming that everyone's, uh, base chakra, for example, is the note C in mm-hmm. the Western concert pitch. Uh, you know, and, and so, uh, i'm thinking my critical mind is thinking well did chakras exist before western music was invented i would think so and how is it that yeah know, everyone is the you know a 440 C note for your base chakra and um <clears throat> that being said who am i to say that if someone has a set of these bowls and they intend that each bowl will go to a specific chakra for everyone that that doesn't work it can because that might that would be their intention the the sound and mm-hmm. the energy that we project through sound is absolutely malleable. It can be for harm. It can be for good. Um, and, you know, I'm assuming that most sound practitioners that go out and invest in bowls are wanting to do good with, with their um, practice and with their music. Um, and the, the first uh, crystal bowl that I ever bought was tuned to the note D. Again, not, not exactly to concert tuning and certainly not exactly to the 432 hertz or solfeggio frequencies, Um, But I could play that for a room full of people and everyone would tell me afterwards that they they felt in a different part of their body. Mm. So when people would ask me, what chakra does that bowl work with? Uh, My stock answer became, this is a magical bowl and I've programmed it to go exactly where it's needed because that was my intention. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Action Tribe, are you finding it hard to de-stress and unwind in the midst of this crazy pandemic. Come join us for a soothing, relaxing breathwork session online on Zoom. Now I do these sessions for our paid members twice a week and I've received so many powerful testimonials from people who've received a lot of support, comfort, and healing from these sessions. And to show you just how powerful these yogic breathwork practices are, every month I do a breathwork intro workshop for people who'd like to give this a shot. In the past, people have paid anywhere between $10 to $20 for a drop-in. But for a short while, I've decided to make these sessions available for just $0.50 a ticket. And these sessions are live, but you just pay $0.50. So if you'd like to learn how to calm your mind, relax your nervous system, and experience deep states of bliss using your breath from the comfort of your home, visit my7chakras.com forward slash breathwork. Intro. That's my seven is a word, my seven chakras.com forward slash breath work intro. I'll see you soon. Yes, that's so interesting because I'm also finding that intention and attention is all there is. And if you use your intention or your imagination in the right way, then it can penetrate and it can go around the entire world and the universe. So thanks a lot for sharing. And reminding us of the importance of intention. So Action Tribe, I hope you enjoyed today's session so far. As we make our way towards the end of this episode, remember this, sound can heal. There are so many mysteries that lie in the invisible world and there are so many waves of light bouncing around the walls around you that you can't even see. There are so many waves of sound around you that you cannot perceive. But luckily, you do have ears that can capture a spectrum of that sound. And when you tune in to the right sound, the right melody, the right note, it can lead to spontaneous healing and awakening and manifestation. And that, as we're learning today, is the key to discovering our true selves, our true sovereign selves. Because as someone once wisely said, divine sound is the cause of all manifestation. The knower of the mystery of sound knows the mystery of the whole universe. And with that being said, it is now time for our last round for today, which is the wisdom round, after which we're going to continue our conversation and go a bit deeper. Uh, and this extended conversation is one of the numerous bonuses available to members of the Action Tribe Energy Circle community. To learn more, go to my 7 forward slash join. That's my 7 forward slash join. And if you're already a member, then just check out the members area for your private uh, podcast link. So. The Wisdom Round, which consists of four questions so that our listeners can take note and take action. So, Matthew, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received?
2: best piece of advice I ever received uh, was when I was a very young person. uh, An elder told me, no matter what situation you're in, learn something from it. Gain knowledge. Even if it's somewhere you don't want to be, learn from it. You will gain wisdom from this. This will serve you.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely very simple. And if you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone who is living or dead, who would it be? Anyone
2: or someone that was in specifically in my life?
1: Or anyone, actually.
2: Anyone, anyone. at all? Oh, my yep. gosh. Um, well, I would want to have a sit down, uh, I guess, with uh, Yeshua or the man Jesus, if he actually existed. <laughs> I have a lot of questions for him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: me too, for sure. Oh, what is it? one thing you do in the morning or maybe in the evening before you sleep that has improved the quality of your life?
2: Uh, deep breathing. Uh, I found that, uh, you know, taking some deep breaths, whether I have the time to go into meditation after that or not, but just the simple act of taking a full exhale and full inhale and tuning into my nervous system and my body in this way, it, it helps everything from there. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners today, what would it be? This is one of the hardest questions, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and for for one book uh, for me, it, it's really hard. But I would say uh, what's coming to mind in this moment, and I, I bounced around on this for a long time. I would say uh, autobiography of a yoga a yogi, autobiography of a yogi. Um, that's what's my answer today in this moment. Wonderful.
1: So, Action Tribe, would you like to receive this book for free? Because Audible.com is offering Action Tribe. That is, you, all of you, one free audiobook with a free 30-day trial. So to start listening to that particular book, which is, by the way, one of our highest recommended books. Almost everyone seems to enjoy or learn from this book. Make sure that you go to my forward slash free book. That's my 7 forward slash free book. Get your credit and start listening on your phone or your favorite device. So Matthew, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're super
2: grateful for and how we can find you online. I'm grateful to be alive, to be a human being on this beautiful planet this time. And um, you can find me at uh, omshaman.com. That's O-M-S-H-A-M-A-N.com. We'll have the link in the show notes. Are you active on Instagram as well? Yes, I am. Uh, Matthew Cosell is the profile.
1: So actually, Drive, if you're on Instagram right now, then take a screenshot of this episode and tag us on Instagram as well. My handle is at my7chakras. That's at my7chakras. And Matthew is at, at Matthew Cosell. Make sure that you uh, take a screenshot of you listening to this episode or maybe meditating or doing whatever you're doing and then we will share it with our respective communities. And uh, as next steps, if you'd like to discover how to raise your vibration and feel better, then visit my7chakras.com forward slash feel better now. So we're now going to record the extended session for our Action Tribe Energy Circle community. Do consider joining us, but if not, no worries. I hope you have a great week ahead.
2: Thank you listening to My 7 Chakras at My7Chakras.com. That is My S-E-V-E-N Chakras.com.
3: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.